Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Cool. Hey, it's so good to be here today. If you are new, visiting, a friend of someone getting dedicated or a relative or something like that, it's so cool. We really want to um, welcome you into this service and it's great to have, we love having guests with us. Um, so just check out your neighbour and say, you, you, oh, good, good, nice to have you, nice to have you with us today. Hey, um, it's pretty exciting um, being able to uh, be a progressive church. Um, and I say that in relation to, we're just always thinking, what's God doing in our community? What's he doing next in our lives? And how, how can we partner with expansion? Because he doesn't shrink. He gets bigger, <laughs> and he's calling each one of us actually have this commission on our lives to grow. And as a church, we are excited about Anne stepping into our children's ministry, and we're also excited to make another announcement uh, here today in regards to our children's ministry, and that is that we actually have a new location for uh, our wildfire age group, and this is our our five or six-year-olds through to our 11-year-olds. So this is really amazing. I think we've got a picture up here. This is um, where it's going to be. Um, and the really cool thing about this is that that location uh, was this church's location when I first joined. It was about 18 years ago that we pulled the church from there and moved down here. Now, this here is in the Gables Arcade. If you know where Curves Gym used to be, it's right upstairs from the main entry of High Street that is um, located. So we're going to get into creating that into the most epic kids hangout zone um, that we could possibly design. And so today we're actually gathering over there with a few of the leaders at lunchtime and we're just going to start dreaming and planning and, and just um, going to really invest in our into our children. Uh, we have a real sense of uh, urgency in regards to our children's ministry uh, because we know that we're actually fighting for their faith. We're actually fighting for their worldview, that God is creator, that God is love, that God has destiny, that God is not a God of the gray, but he is a God of the, the black and white, the right and wrong. And so we want to call our children up. And I love this psalm and, uh, from Psalm 71. David writes it in his old age and he says, hey, even when I'm old and gray, Please do not forsake me, God, until I declare your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come. See, even back in King David's day, he knew that there was an urgency and a responsibility to impart the grace and the power of the Spirit of the living God into small people. <laughs> so that that generation would rise up knowing their value and worth and significance, that they would stand up when they, uh, you know, when they need to stand up and make a stand when they need to take a stand and in regards to the things that are dear to the Father's heart. And so we're all over this and we're investing more finances into our, into our children's ministry at this time. And we just love seeing our children have encounters. We love seeing the freedom around their lives, and so we're just so so excited to be doing this. Another one of the things that we're doing just as we reposition our children's ministry is that um, we're, we're making a change to our worship service in regards to our children are going to be out from the first song. And so they're going to, and, and we're doing this because we strategically want to create a worship band for our children 
um, at this venue so that they will have an, an experience of worship and, and be able to just kind of like get that child vibe going on with worship. But what we're going to also do is that every six weeks, we're going to invite the children in for our whole worship um, set. And so this place will be jammed out. And uh, we're going to have family worship time every six weeks. So it means that we'll still have those moments. And we think that it's going to be because we're doing this strategically and intentionally, instead of taking that one song or half a song or no song, if you depending what time you turn up to church, that uh, that 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 children are going to have that experience and that excitement about being in the in the um, in with the adults on those Sundays. So we're just trying to think about um, how we can really grow our children's ministry so that they can experience what it means to be like a fully alive, you know, life-giving disciple follower of Jesus, not a religious, you know, eh, 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 robot, because that's not, like, God is not a God of religion. He is a God of life. He's a God of joy and freedom. And so maybe He wants to blow your box today uh, in regards to what you think of God, because He is so cool and it's, it's going to be fun because on uh, early, early November, we're, we're planning a celebration day uh, when, we, when we actually occupy that place once it's all creative and looking amazing. Uh, uh, we're going to take a good part of our service to go over there and commission that and pray for our children and just cut a ribbon, eat a cake, do something fun uh, to celebrate this time. So, um, And leading up to that, we, like, like I said, we, there's a, that room has got a lot of potential. It's got a lot of opportunity going on for it. And so what I want to what we want to ask is like would you would you be willing to give a part of your Saturday sometime before November? Maybe you can give all your Saturdays. Maybe you could give a couple of hours or some or, or a full 6 hours or whatever we're doing on Saturday towards helping us remodel and re-envisage that space. So we've got some clipboards here. We thought of this that we prepared earlier. If you're a painter, you can get excited right now because there will be walls to paint. There may even be plumbing. I already called them out first service. Uh, so <laughs> if you're an, a tradie, we'd love to hear from you. And we've got some yeah, really cool stuff already underway, but we just need a little bit more support. You know, like you see those the all-black scrum where everyone leans in together and you really maximize that push. And so just before November, and in regards to this space, we want to just lean in together. We want to invite you to come in and believe uh, in what God's going to do into our children's lives as we do this together. So get your name down there if you can. That would be amazing. We believe in the next generation. A guy was telling me uh, recently that his parents, that when his parents separated, um, his father was just given visitation rights uh, so that he could only come occasionally and he could only be with his son with him, with him temporarily, and, 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 it, and they put this restriction around their relationship as a, a father and as a son, and he could just see him on uh, at birthdays and he could see him on the weekends, and, and his dad just had this limited access to his world, and maybe that could define actually some people here today, that for one thing or another, you just haven't actually had full access to both of your parents in your world. And God actually is the kind of father that doesn't want to just have limited access into our lives. 
He, he isn't a God that just says, hey, I want to I wanna visit you on the weekends and I want to just, especially in church, that's when I'm going to be there and so you better dress well and look good for me. Uh, he isn't the kind of God that, you know, is just only there when you pray. He isn't the kind of God it, it, that, that is just thinking, you know, I, I've just got a little bit of something for your life. I've just got a little bit of blessing and I've just got a little bit of favor for you. He is the kind of God that is exceptionally generous. He's exceptionally kind. He's exceptionally wonderful and loving. And He wants to be fully present in every one of our lives. And we have this access to His incredible grace through Jesus Christ. That's the gospel right there. He's the gateway to the Father's love, is Jesus Christ. And last week, um, Pastor Lynn brought this awesome message on spirit. And, and she said that our spirit self, you know, we're body, soul, and spirit. Our spirit self, that's our eternal self. That's our true self. And, 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 he, and, and God is spirit, and He wants us to know the love of His spirit. You know, there's absolutely no substitute that could replace God's love. There's nothing that could substitute His goodness. I mean, I, I grew up in a really solid home. Like my parents were fun. They, they, um, we, you know, we just backyard cricket, all the kind of Kiwi summer things that you do in the 80s. Uh, we did them. We were at the beach and they were funny and, you know, not a perfect environment, but I grew up feeling pretty, pretty loved. And actually, you know, like I had a good foundation for life. When I was 13, I went to this youth camp and I had an experience that totally changed my life forever. I, uh, all I could say is that, that God of love snuck up on me one day and one minute I felt one way and the next minute I felt like I'd just encountered what love looks like. And I realized that everything else, you know, that I had was good, but it was actually a substitute for the real thing. And I want to propose to you that God actually wants to give you the fullness of His love and His attention. And no matter what, maybe you're looking to substitute your affirmation or security or whatever it is in the busyness of life. I want to tell you today that God the Father loves you with an everlasting love. And so today, I just, I just want to talk about how to create room in our lives that prioritizes being encountered with this love, with the Spirit of love, and then being led by God, by the Spirit of God. It says this in Romans 8, 14. It says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Those who are led, it's the same thing. If you're a child, you're, you're led by your father. Now, those verses leading up to that actually show the contrast. And they said that when we're led by our flesh, that we're not children of God, that we're actually separated from God. But those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And I just want to propose today that if our goal is to be fully known by God, if our goal is to be fully, you know, ourselves and complete and free in His love, you know, we're only going to achieve that by receiving more of His goodness. We're only going to embrace Him as we let a little bit of ourselves go. We're only going to get filled up as we maybe we empty ourselves in some kind of way. I know that every one of us is created to give God full access to our lives. He, he didn't ever think that you'd just be a partially filled person, <laughs> a partially like 
believing person, a partially hopeful person. He didn't think that you'd be someone that you'd be like, oh, yeah, my life's all right. It's like, I get by at the weekends. I can live for those. He actually thought, gee, I want you to be fully engaged with your destiny when he created you. He's like, I, I, you're all in. You're all in as a son or a daughter. You're all mine. You're all, you're all awesome. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> he didn't, didn't create any defects. He's just like, you're, you're just so wonderful. Like, he created you to be just, whoa, be the best you that you can be. And, and so I, I want to just talk today about receiving the fullness of his love and becoming everything that he's created us to be. Romans 12 verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Whoa. <laughs> what do you mean? Offer my body as a, as a living sacrifice. What do you mean that I, I could actually, you require me to, to give something, to surrender something of who I am and what I think to actually present myself to God as someone that could say, God, I want to follow you. Yes, I'm telling you that that's a part of what it means to be filled with the presence of God. A few years back when um, I was the kids pastor here, uh, youth, pa youth pastor, thank you, youth pastor here. Thank you, yeah. Um, never been a kids pastor, that's all right, hallelujah. Other people could do that way better than me, obviously. Uh, and I was, I'd been like a youth pastor here for, for 12, 13 years at that point. And um, I was the national uh, leader of our New Life Youth. And I just, I was running a business. I had a full, like, full life, uh, you know, reasonably large family at that stage. We had four children, not five. And I, I, everything I was doing, I felt like God had actually set up. I felt like he had said, yes, go and do that. Yeah, just do that. You're called to do that. And, and so I, at this time, I was just like, yeah, I was pursuing the call of God on my life. That's what, it, that's, that's what I was doing. And then I'm sitting in this staff meeting with Chris, who was a former senior pastor here of Thrive. He's amazing. And, and he, he was our leader at, at that time. And, and I'm sitting in the meeting, and, and I feel like the, the Spirit of God says to me this. He says, hey, it's time to serve Chris's vision now. It's time to serve Chris's vision now. And I was like, what? I'm a youth pastor, and he's my boss, and I am serving his vision. I thought that's what I was doing. I, I thought that that's part of my role. I thought that that was like, hey, I'm, I'm serving. But do you know the thing that I knew that God was saying to me in that moment was, hey, you need to transition out of youth ministry. I don't know how I got that out of it. It's time to serve Chris's vision. But at the same time, the Spirit of God said to me, release your youth ministry. It's your season of transition. And I was like, what? And this for me was one of those off your bodies as a living sacrifice moment. Because a living sacrifice doesn't look like something that's dead. And I want to propose to you that we can have things in our life that look good, smell good, that we're passionate about, that we've even had a word of God over that we are pursuing in our lives. But at a certain point, God can say, actually, the, the, the there's an expiry date for that. 
And he will put those opportunities in front of us to say, hey, look, do you want to pursue just what you think is the right idea or do you want to surrender afresh to me in this moment? And so I remember at that time just having to wrestle through this thought of, okay, I'm going to lose this. I'm going to have to let this thing go that looks like it's acceptable. It looks like it looks successful and it looks like it's got life on it. And, it, and it's like, man, but you know, the Bible says that his ways are higher than our ways. That his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And I knew that he was actually requiring me to surrender something because he wanted me to go deeper in what he was teaching me. He wanted me to just do what I was doing out of the right motivation, not out of the image of success on my life. Uh, a couple of years ago at New Life Conference, you know, God speaks to you at New Life Conference. This is one of those moments, right? And we're at New Life Conference, and at that time I still I was running my business, and, um, and Deb and I were leading the church, but we knew that it was a, such a defining moment for us. We knew that God was saying, hey, it's time to surrender again. It's time to lay your life down again and, and, and offer everything to me. And, and like we, so we were like, God, you could take everything. You could take our ministry. You could take our business. You could take our house. And we were in a really challenging time at that, at that moment as well. And we were going like, God, where, what way is our life going to go? And it was, it was really difficult. And it's been like the last few years of our life, it's actually felt like in many ways God's been stripping some things out of my heart. He's just peeled back some things, some things that I thought I was so strong in, some things I thought I was like building my success and my legacy on. God's just like, hand that over to me. Just like, you're not, you're awesome, but you need me. And some days, you know, sometimes, you know, last year, I would get up here on a Sunday morning and I'd be just like in muscle reflex. I was like, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> like, you know what, when you're feeling like empty on the inside, but you know you actually still need to do what you need to do because it's your responsibility. I was, I was feeling, we were feeling like, God, what, we were feeling unstable and insecure. We were giving our lives to God. And in that, in that whole season, God had said, hey, I want you to surrender the business, which was 18 years worth of, you know, just kind of investing and getting excited about and building, um, you know, it was a part of my creative expression as well. And in that time, it was just like, you need to surrender the business. And, you know, at times, God just allows us to have those feelings of inadequacy. <laughs> Where we just don't feel confident about ourselves, we maybe we feel unqualified, and it's not because he sees us as, you know, just like inadequate and like bottom of the pile or anything, but he's he does this to us so that we can actually have an opportunity to surrender something afresh to him. There's something about vulnerability that just so attracts the grace of God and the presence of God. There's something about being real, that brings freedom and healing. That's why it says in the Word that says, confess your sins one to another, and I'll heal you. I'll cleanse you. And I'll empower you. Because <laughs> that's always on the other side of vulnerability, is the sense of empowerment and of having a new start. 
And sometimes those, those moments aren't just moments, they're actually months. They're actually, they can go on for years and you think, God, can you just bring a change of something, something? I feel like I'm in the wilderness here, God. And he's doing something in our hearts in those seasons, in those seasons of dryness. Those seasons are not wasted. And if you're in a season where you feel like, man, I'm in between stuff at the moment, I want to tell you that God's doing a great work in your life. And to surrender it over and over to Him. To let your, just to let it out, to be real, to be vulnerable when we need to. I love this um, quote that says, you know, God doesn't call the qualified, He qualifies the called. He qualifies the called. He says, you're, you're a son, you're a daughter, you belong. That's, that's qualification to become a, a, be a part of my party. You're in. You're in the circle of trust. Like, come in. I want to call you closer. I want to call you nearer. And when you think of the disciples, they weren't in any way qualified to come and be his disciples, but he called them to follow him. And then as they followed him, this legacy followed them, <laughs> the church, the miracles, the revival, followed them because they followed Jesus. Don't let those feelings of disqualification disqualify you from knowing that the Father receives you as, as his wearers. As is, where is always, 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 always. You don't need to go to church more. You don't need to sort your swearing out. You don't need to fix your addictions up. You don't need to, no, stop. He just takes you just like you are, just as you are. Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, he talks about not boasting in himself. He says in 2 Corinthians 12, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's the starting point, people. <laughs> Just where we're dependent on Him, where, where He can be strong in our weakness. And I just I have a sense as a church at this time that we are actually on the brink of a new season. That there's a whole lot, lot of new opportunities. And and when I say as a church, I don't mean as a Sunday morning expression. I mean, yes, that can happen. But I mean as a people. I mean as you in your Monday to Friday experience. I mean in your you're on a new expression with your workmates. You're on the brink of something great with the dreams and the career path that you're want to take. You, you're just about to break through in a relationship that's frustrated you for so many years. Like, that's what I'm talking about. And then as a church, let's just enjoy that all together. Like, actually, side note, I prayed for someone today, and um, she had really bad back pain, and one of her legs was shorter than the other. And so we prayed for her up the front of uh, the, this, this uh, first service just down here and Lynn was with me so she can testify to this as well and her leg was about that much shorter than the other one we prayed and her leg grew and that gap was closed like I don't know 
if that blows your paradigm, but she stood up and she said, and she stood for a while and she said, I'm not usually able to stand like this without pain. I have to bend my, you know, my long leg, my longer leg because of the pain, but I can stand fine. So isn't that awesome? So anyway, there's just a little, it's just, God wants us to step as he steps. And I love this from Galatians 5.25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And we just want, look, our, it's Devin, our heart for you that you would be in step with God's Spirit for the dreams and call that's on your life. Like, we want you to fully experience being in the right place at the right time. You know, the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. Everyone is in step with God. Let's all go where he's going. Anytime you board a plane to fly, you know, you sit in your seat. Tray taste. Tray. tray. It's, it's stowed, that thing. Tray table. <laughs> Clicked. And you hear that chunk as the door is locked and you're sealed. And in essence, you've surrendered to the flight path of that plane. You're going where that plane is going, whether you like it or not. There's absolutely nothing that you can do legally about altering the destination of that flight once we're on board. But I just simply want to say that, that whatever we surrender to, we're actually giving authority to over our lives. And when we surrender to the Father's love, we're actually saying, Father, I want to fly with you. But, you know, we can surrender to other stuff that can bring influence and, and take authority in our lives, whether it's habits, relationships, worldviews. You know, even generational curses through families can have influence over our lives. But I just want to encourage you today to, to, to hand that stuff over, <laughs> to yield that, to surrender that, because God wants to take your life and send you somewhere that those addictions and dysfunctions could never, ever take you. Because surrendering, it positions us to receive. Surrendering positions us to receive something greater. It's when we become empty, it, that's, that's when he can fill us. Heidi Baker, she's an incredible missionary in Africa. And she has this thing that she says, and if you're not a follower of Jesus, you won't understand this. But she says, lower, Lord, lower still. I just want to get lower. And I want to get so low that I want to have my face in the dirt. Because she has seen what a posture of surrender can do. She's encountered a God of love. And she knows that unless she surrenders, the fullness of his promises can't flow through her lives. Now, she is a, an incredible woman. She's seen tens of thousands of churches planted right throughout Africa, and she creates time and space in her life to have hours on her face with Jesus. I don't know how she does it. But as she does this, God magnifies her life and magnifies her ministry and brings such grace through her life because she is, she calls herself a laid-down lover. <laughs> She's laid her life down, and that has positioned her 
to receive. I love this from James 3.17, but the wisdom that is from above is the first pure, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. I just want to propose to you today that the wisdom from heaven for your life is the most desirable commodity, the most desirable life source that you could ever access. The wisdom from heaven. Because there is a Holy Spirit, but there is an unholy spirit. There is wisdom from above, and there is wisdom from below. And yielding is just trading our low ways for his highways. Our need for his desire to bless and fill us with his love. We were driving in the U.S. Um, recently. I just saw this word, word yield plastered over, it's going to come up shortly, um, plastered over all the, all the roads and road signs, yield, yield, yield. And essentially, it's replaced the word that we would give way. And it simply is meaning, you go first. You go first. I wanna, I'm going to stop my car here. I'm going to stop the bus. <laughs> you go first. And so when we surrender to God, we're yielding to him and saying, you go first. You have right of access to go before me. I just wonder if everyone would stand in this place. Actually, we've got something to hand out. We've got a prayer, actually, to hand out right now. So we just want to make sure that everyone in the room gets one of these. If we can have the host team or someone to help Peter, because he is the host team by the looks of things. We're just going to give you this prayer and just take a moment, just as you stand right now, just to ask the Holy Spirit, what, you know, what is it that I need to yield? Or is it a general, God, I just give you everything. You know, that's fine. But you know, the Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth. He does generalities, but he also does specifics as well. And maybe he's been speaking you today to you around something specific. And he's just saying, you know, that's, that belongs to me. That <laughs> belongs to me. And it could feel like a living sacrifice. It could feel like something, man, that's, that's hard. Maybe it's like a habit, an addiction, something that's not helpful to your life. But he's just saying, just hand that over to me because he's just thinking of the other side. He's just thinking of your freedom. He's thinking of your goodness and your, you know, just the, the blessings of his love. Let's, we're going to just, actually, no, what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read this. Yeah, thank you. I'm getting there. Man, you're cheeky. You're new here. She's already on the second row. <laughs> love you. You're awesome, Kelly. Um. So as I make up my mind, you can decide whatever you'd like to do in this moment. <laughs> you can read this with me. You can just look at the words. You can look at the big screen because it's going to be on there. 
But I just want you to make this moment. It's not so much about what you say, but what actually is happening in your heart. So just make this your heart prayer right now, if, just, if you're in this place to do this today. God, I submit or I yield my whole being to you. I give my mind to you today. Give me the mind of Christ. May I only think on things that are pure, excellent, lovely, and admirable. Give me your thoughts, God. I give my ears to you today that I would only hear your truth into my soul. Give me the wisdom to reject any lies as not coming from you. I give my eyes to you today. I ask that I would have the power of Christ in me to not only look on things that would be pleasing to you. Sorry, to only look on anyway. <laughs> I give my mouth to you today that the words I speak would lift others Point them to you and be a blessing to all that I encounter. I give my heart, which is deceitful to you today. Give me a pure heart that my motives would be pure and pleasing to you. I give my hands to you today that they would be used to build your church, your people and your kingdom. I give my feet to you today that you would only allow me to walk into places that would be pleasing to you. God, I give you my whole being. I submit my life to you afresh today that it would count for your glory. Use me to make a difference today. God, I submit to you. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media 